Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, what's up, boys and girls, guys and gals, moms and dads? <laughs> Did you miss me? I missed you. <laughs> Let's start with this statement. If you fall in love with the grind, you are destined to be a grinder. Good morning from Miami. Good afternoon. Good evening from everywhere else around the world. I see we have the true stalwarts here, the people who are always in the room. Um, so welcome to you guys. And uh, Svetson and uh, Stefan, who already sent in contributions toward the show before we even started as very loyal uh, followers. Good to see D. Lord from Chicago in the house. Reina Romano, good to see you. Peter up in Canada. Agnes, who's always here. Uh, Ezra, who's always here. So welcome, everybody. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, or you're watching the replay, this is a thought experiment that I call the Prosperity Unchurch, because it's not a religion, it's not a church, it's really just a community of prosperity conscious people who get together to study the lessons that I put out on the subject. Uh, they're based on the principles of prosperity, circulation, generosity, and uh, just as importantly, free enterprise. Uh, and I try to model the principles that I teach. That's why we, I don't make it a religion. It's a for-profit prosperity ministry. And I just put it out there on a love offering basis and people contribute whatever they would like toward that. So I picked a very cheeky title, at least what that, that's what they would say in, uh, in Australia or England, uh, because the title was Turning Hungry Hustle into Dinero Delicioso. And here's why I chose such a funny title. Um, because there's, there's a cult, almost a cult, being created out there about embrace the grind, embrace the hustle, you know, you gotta be hungry. Um, and I like, you know, the, there's all the people who follow Gary V who are working their face off, hustle, hustle, hustle. And I forget who is talking about grind. And then of course we got my good old buddy, Mamie Brown's little baby boy, Leslie Calvin Brown, and he's always talking about, you got to be hungry. Uh, and so these guys are friends of mine, uh, most of them, and I like that they teach that stuff. And I also feel like um, some people misunderstand that and take it too far and take it to a place that it doesn't serve them. And I fear there's way too many people who have fallen in love with the grind and the hustle, and they haven't been able to manifest the money. So how does this actually work? How do you, if you're going to grind and hustle and be hungry, how do you actually uh, turn that into money? So that's what I want to talk about here. And so let's begin the topic or the discussion with the bad premises that I think people fall prey to. Um, the first of the bad premises is falling in love with that grind and hustle culture that it seems the less they sleep the harder they work, the more adversity they seek out, the more they wear that as a badge of honor. 
And I actually think that can lead you to the dark side, which in this case is victim mentality. You start to relish being this grinder who's working 18 hours a day and you're avoiding um, spending quality time with your children or your love, other loved ones and you're sacrificing everything and you're just kind of turning yourself into this sacrificial lamb and taking pride in that. And there's, that's crazy talk, okay? That's crazy behavior. There are times where we hustle and grind and I'm a big proponent of that. Um, when I'm like literally right now, I'm working on a, a big event for December that's gonna take place in Texas uh, and I'm, collaborating with about 15 other people who are uh, with me in the planning stages. It's going to be a huge event streamed all over the world, uh, maybe 10,000 people on it. And I've got days I'm working on that 16 hours a day. And I love it because I'm jacked up about this event and what we're going to be able to do with it, right? Um, but that's not my goal to be grinding out 16 hours a day for the rest of my life so I can, you know, impress people on Instagram by what a grinder I am. That's the last thing in the world that I'm interested in. I like to, uh, Naval kind of, Naval Ravankant has an analogy he uses of the lion, right? The lion sleeps all day, but then when it's time to hunt, they go hunting and they are fierce and ferocious and they hunt and they capture their prey and they eat it and they get the nourishment they need and then they're gonna lay in the sun and you know, watch uh, the Kelly Clarkson show. So um, that's the, a good analogy, right? That do the sprint and then rest. And like today, I, you know, I didn't wake up with an alarm clock. I never wake up with an alarm clock unless I have a 7 a.m. flight and I got to make sure I'm up and at the airport on time. Otherwise, I wake up every day when I finish sleeping because it's really important for my health for me to get the sleep I need. And how do you know the sleep you need? Easy. Your body tells you. If you go to sleep and sleep until you wake up, then you're getting enough sleep. If you're using an alarm clock, you're probably not getting enough sleep. So maybe reorder, reprioritize your life in a way that you always get enough sleep. And that's going to pay off in a lot of other ways. So don't fall in love with the grind and the hustle and the hungry culture. Next bad premise is always looking for a hack. There's workout hacks and life hacks and business hacks and marketing hacks. And you know what? There are cases where we will uh, discover some particular process or technique or something we can do that makes achieving our objectives easier. And I'm all for them. I like to work smart. Uh, I'm a very productive person and I'm always looking for ways in which I can be more productive. But again, this is one of those things that can get taken too far, where you're always looking for a hack. You know, I know people, they spend thousands of dollars buying machines that jiggle their fat on their body, and that's supposed to help them lose weight and get in shape. And I'm like, that is just ridiculous. <laughs> Go and do some cardio exercise and then do some resistance training that creates muscle and muscle is going to burn more fat. Okay. End of story. There's no hack to, to lose weight. You have to burn more calories than you consume. Right. So stop looking for the magic diet that allows you to dream away the pounds while you sleep at night or <clears throat> melt away the pounds while you're watching Judge Judy on TV. It ain't happening, okay? Um, third bad premise I see a lot is focusing on your wants instead of the world's 
needs. See, if you want to actually turn your hustle into cash, you've got to provide value for someone in the world, some person, some organization, some country, some nonprofit, some industry, you've got to uh, find a way that solves problems for them or an otherwise in some other way creates value for them. And the fact that you need money to pay your rent is not relevant to them. The fact that you really want to be a millionaire by the time you're 25, that's not really relevant to them. And when you go out there with the me, me, me uh, approach, which is I need this, I want this, I deserve this, other people have it and I don't have it and that's not fair and the world owes me this, all you're going to do is repel prosperity. We got to change the focus on that. Uh, the number one bad premise of all time <laughs> is take a millionaire to lunch and pick their brain. You know, if I get one more, if when whoever I find, when I find out whoever started that, I'm telling you, I'm going to hurt them because I, uh, the number of emails and texts I get, hey, Randy, can I take you to lunch and pick your brain? No, I don't have time for that. I never have time for that because I've done it like 27 times or 35 times. And I always end up buying lunch and I always end up pouring out my guts, giving my best advice to somebody who doesn't value it and doesn't, or maybe they think they value it. And I know in their mind, they, they believe they do, but they don't follow through with it. And I have people who have, you know, over the course of years have like, this is a regular thing. Like, you know, every six months, Hey, come on, let's have, let's meet for lunch again. I want to update you on what's going on. And, you know, and I fall for it. And then it's again, it's, you know, take, take, take. They want to eat my brains like a zombie. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Six months ago, we talked about you were going to do this and this. Your homework was do this. And then you were going to get back to me and you promised to take this action. And then you were going to follow up and let me know how it did. And I never heard from you and you weren't accountable and you didn't follow up with that stuff. That's a terrible premise, right? And all you're going to do is alienate people who would in uh, most time, okay, Liz requests that transcription be enabled. I'm not quite sure what live transcription, I think that's automatic, but anyway, I enabled it. Or is that for, is that for hearing impaired people? Oh, yeah. So it's like subtitles down at the bottom. See, you learn something new every day. So uh, send a text to any of your deaf friends and tell them it's uh, we have subtitles <laughs> on the prosperity live stream now. <laughs> I love that. I didn't even know Zoom had that feature. Um, so then the 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 kind of the the spinoff of the take the millionaire to lunch. The other bad premise of this is um, hey, I want to come and work with you for free and study at your feet. And I don't get five a week of these, but I get, you know, a fair amount of them. And it's one of those things that sounds good, looks good, looks good on paper. But most of the time, the way it's presented is, it's a bad premise because um, what that means is, okay, so I need your help and I need you to help me find an apartment and uh, where I could live and how I could get a car there and how I could reorganize my life there. And then I want to just sit in your office behind you and listen to all your phone calls and follow you to the bathroom and be a pest around your house and, you know, disrupt your life. 
Um, you don't mind, right? Is that cool? <laughs> and the answer is, no, that's not cool. Um, not cool at all. Um, especially someone like me, who's such an intense loner. It's like, until I, my, my housekeeper, I mean, I'm just for, you know, guys who don't know, I'm a very shy uh, person was, uh, who suffered from social anxiety a lot of my life. And just to get comfortable with a housekeeper who comes on a regular basis and, and helps, you know, clean my home. Um, that's a big deal for me. Do I want someone following me around on every call and looking over my shoulder as I'm typing my next book? <laughs> no. Um, so those are all bad premises. So let's, we've identified all those. Let's blow them up and eliminate them from consideration for the future, at least in the context that most people are presenting. You with me so far? Give me a thumbs up or type yo in the comments or whatever. You guys watching the replay on YouTube, same thing. Give me a yo in the comments. Uh, by the way, check in, you guys on the replay. Let me know who you are, where you're watching from. Good to see the comments and see where everybody goes around the world. All right, so now let's move into the sexy part of the program, which is how you actually monetize and succeed. And I'm going to give you some suggestions here. And you know how some many, many of these lessons, I will uh, give a lesson and then I will give you some assignments at the end to do. This program is a little different because the lessons are the assignment. Okay, so this is. Um, what your what your assignments are for the week is the stuff that I'm telling you right now. These are the things that I think will help you really monetize. You're the, the you know I I love the fact that you have this culture. You you're willing to grind. You're willing to hustle. You want to do the work. Great. So let's celebrate that. But more importantly, let's apply it in a way that's actually going to get the results you want. So these are just some suggestions that worked really well for me. And I think they could work really well for you. So let's get into them. The first one, don't romanticize the grind. Look for the actual objective. Maybe your objective is you want to write the great American novel, or you want to write the definitive book on automobile manufacturing or caribou migration or um, weather prediction. You want to write the definitive nonfiction book. That's the objective. So focus on that. Don't romanticize the grind of, I sit down on the laptop every day and I type till my fingers bleed 18 hours a day. And I've written 200,000 words so far. And, you know, I'm going to write a million and then I'm going to edit it down to 60,000. You're focusing on the wrong thing. We want to focus on what is the actual thing we, what is the goal we actually want to achieve? What is how do we know when we've won? What does that look like? So let's focus on that and let's romanticize that. So if your goal is to write the great American novel or this New York Times bestseller in some particular niche, let's romanticize that. Let's uh, visualize that, put it into your daily mantras, put a picture of the New York Times bestseller list on your dream board. So you walk past it every day and it's, you know, even in your peripheral vision, it's making an impression on your subconscious mind. That's the objective, the, the, the outcome, the goal. Let's focus on that. Next thing comes to mind is find your space that you want to make a mark in. Whatever that space is, maybe you wanna become 
great uh, fitness influencer on social media. Maybe you want to become an expert teaching people how to become uh, experts on social media. Maybe you want to make a space, you know, a name for yourself in the rocket industry. Maybe you want to become a, a successful speaker. Uh, maybe you want to create a coaching program, whatever that might be. You need to quantify that. Like, what is the space you want to make your name? In my case, if I look at this particular career that I've manifested here, I was doing training workshops. And so my goal was, okay, I want to become a really successful seminar leader. I want to create workshops and seminars and go around the world teaching my principles of success to people. The things that work for me, I want to be a teacher of them. And I want to do it in workshops and things. And I worked really hard at that. And I built a very successful practice. I have spoken to more than 2 million people, more than 50 countries. I'm in the Speaker Hall of Fame. I created a very nice um, income for myself, financial security doing that. And then along the way, my focus kind of changed. And I realized, well, you know, instead of being a speaker who writes, I really, at my essence, I'm a writer. I would rather be a writer who speaks. So I want to focus on writing more books. And that's why I've written 14 books now. And really, my goal is to write another book, at least one new book every year. And then the people who want to hire me uh, to come and speak because they've read the books and they want me to share the principles behind it. But great, I'm, I'll do that when it makes sense and you know works for me. And when it doesn't, I won't. Um, so I have, you know, I created my space. I found the space that I wanted to work in. And then, you know, as a writer, I said, okay, what do I want to write about? I had originally just wrote about marketing. But I, along the way, I realized, well, this, the really important stuff about marketing is the mind stuff, mind, mindset stuff and the principles of prosperity. And, you know, I was so influenced by the work of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore and Ernest Holmes and Catherine Ponder and Reverend Eric Butterworth. And I thought, I, you know, this is really my passion. I want to move more toward these timeless principles of prosperity and then how you can apply them in today's crazy, batshit crazy world, right? With all the trolling on cancel culture and social media and regular media hysteria and bitter political divisions and um, just so much um, nastiness in the world today, so much competition in the world today, so much white noise in the world today. How do people uh, cut through all of that white noise and, and, and reach clarity in their thinking? And how do they manifest the principles of prosperity? And so that's, I, I found my space. And that's, this, that's what led you to this Zoom room today, or you're listening on the rebroadcast on my podcast, or you're watching the replay on the YouTube channel. I found my space. So that's what you've got to do. You've got to find, okay, what's my space? What is it that I'm really excited about that I want to work in, right? There's a million ways to make money. If you say, I really need to make $100,000 a year to take care of my family. There are thousands of ways you can make $100,000 a year to take care of your family. I promise you, you can make $100,000 a year selling bottled water at intersections, all right? If you go to Costco or BJ Wholesale or Sam's Club and you buy cases of water for $4 or sometimes they're on sale for $2.50, you get 24 bottles of water that you could sell in an intersection for $2 a bottle on a hot day and you could sell uh, 
a thousand bottles on a day if you're willing to do the work, right? You can make $100,000 a year if you sell roses at intersections, if you sell bouquets of flowers at intersections. You can do $100,000 a year <clears throat> if you create a pet walking business, if you create a house uh, sitting business uh, by doing your Airbnb or your Verbos or your driving Uber or Lyft. I mean, there's so many ways to make money. So let's not, let's not fall prey to the thing that there's not ways to make money. There's like 11 million jobs in the United States, as an example, that can't be filled right now. They don't have enough workers to fill those jobs. It's like, we don't need more jobs. We need more people who can work those jobs, right? So it's, this is why I always say, nobody has a money shortage. You only have an idea shortage, right? Because with the right idea, you can always make money. So what I'm suggesting in this uh, uh, you know, program today is that kind of say, well, yeah, but I don't really want to sell bottled water at intersection. Okay, I get it. I don't either. It's real. It's really hot and humid in Miami. I don't want to spend twelve hours a day in the sun and the humidity um, selling bottles of water for two dollars, right? So I need an idea. I need a space that I would like to work in, that I would enjoy to work in, that I could create value in somewhere where I am willing to become a student and learn how I could provide value and then take that knowledge and transform it from hungry hustle into dinero delicioso. Okay, so let's find your space. Then once you know what that space is, here's your homework. I want you to create a challenge list. So um, you decide you want to be a social media expert and show people how to manage their account. Well, what's the challenges in that space? People are too busy. They don't have time to make posting. People are, don't have, haven't developed their creativity, so they're not very good at creating content. Um, they're older, they're not digital native, so they wouldn't know how to create an Instagram story if their life depended on it. Uh, they don't know how to install a TikTok app on their phone. Um, they write the... <coughs> The, uh, there's a lot of competition. There's billions of people on social media. It's hard to get their posts to stand out. So you just create a list of all the challenges that would happen that are currently happening in your space. If you work in animal reproduction, what, is the what are the challenges in that space? Is there governments who are trying to save endangered species, so they need to create breeding programs? Is there zoos working in this area and they, you know, they're trying to save the panda population, so they want to breed pandas in the Nashville Zoo because there's only five pandas in the United States and all the rest are in China? Is it, what, are, what are the challenges? It's animal rights. There's animal abuse. Are there zoos that are exploiting animals? Are there theme parks that are exploiting animals? Are they people are eating animals and that's morally repugnant to you and you believe everyone should be a vegetarian? Whatever. Do your list. And you see, I'm just pulling crazy ideas out of the air to, you know, you're a furniture manufacturer, right? Or you want to be an expert who works with furniture manufacturer. Then you say, okay, what are the challenges in the furniture space? If somebody owns a factory and they make sofas and love seats and coffee tables, what are the things that keep them awake at night? 
what wakes them up at 3 a.m. and they can't go back to sleep. Oh, they're worried about getting COVID in the factory and then they have to shut down the assembly line. They're worried about COVID is hitting their supply line so they can't uh, you know, import upholst, you know, thread from or fabric from China or India or Brazil. Um, they can't get enough qualified people to work in the factory. They have problems with the marketing message getting out. They can't get represented in furniture stores. There's a block in the distribution network. Whatever it is, just notice how I'm just, and you could spend three hours doing this. So once you know your space, you create that list of every possible challenge that you can think of that people in that space are facing. Now, why are we focusing on the negative? Why are we focusing on problems? Well, if you read my Risky is the New Safe book, then you know that every challenge offers a corresponding opportunity. So once we know what the challenges are in a space, now we know the opportunities that we can create from them. So here's the next part of your homework. For every one of those challenges on your list, break it off and ask yourself, how can I add value solve a problem or envision a better possibility for this challenge. So let's say you come up with 37 challenges on your list in whatever your space is. Now you ask yourself for every one of those 37 challenges, you ask yourself, how can I solve this challenge? How can I add value in a way that will mitigate this challenge? Or what is a new possibility that I can envision that would make this challenge go away or become less of a challenge? When you do that, that is now your body of work. For some of you, this would be your intellectual property, right? Uh, Rina Romano's in here. So she works with people who are victims of incest and sexual abuse. So she develops coping strategies and helping people how to get their lives back. That's her body of work. That's her intellectual property. Jose Lopez is in here. Um, he just uh, finished writing a book, right? Well, that book is part of his body of work. That's part of his intellectual property in his case. Some of you, it's not intellectual property, but it's still your system, your process. So it's, it's your body of work. It's the solutions that you've created in this particular space. So now, once you've done that, the next step is start sharing your body of work. Uh, and I'm going to give you seven different ways to share your body of work. The first way is you're going to create social media content channels that to share the work that are free and useful, right? So now it might be that you're a personal coach, you already have a Twitter account, an Instagram account, a Facebook page, whatever, and you don't need to change anything. You just need to start putting out content in that account. Some of you have personal accounts and it's all your friends who were in your bowling league and you're talking about bowling all the time or whatever, and you might need a new account where, because you want to do some special work in uh, the adoption space and you figure your space is adoption because you were adopted as a child and you know the issues that adopted kids go through and what uh, parents who want to adopt kids go through and what are problems with the government laws regarding adoption and what are the problems with the social service agencies and all uh, right so you might need to open a new uh, you know another twitter account or a different instagram page or a different linkedin profile or whatever 
So either way, don't fall, don't worry about the, don't get in the weeds, just focus on the big picture of how you make it work. So you create those channels. And again, you provide value for free. So it doesn't help that you create a Twitter account for your adoption services. And then you post out five times a day, hey, I help people with adoptions. You should send me money. You should hire me. You're not adding any value, okay? That isn't gonna do anything. But if five times a day, you're sending out tips that actually have tangible value, people are gonna start to see you as a valuable resource. And then what I would suggest is that you can put some value hooks in the content. So if you send out, like me, right? I might, uh, and I'm not on social media anymore, in case if you're just joining, I closed down all my social media accounts um, because I don't want to live in that world anymore. I'm just writing my books and working with the people in my community. Um, that's a personal choice I made because I got to a point in my career where I don't need to do that, right? You choose the games you want to play and I chose that's a game I don't want to play any longer. Did it for a long time. I did it very successfully and it's time for me to move on, right? But when I was on social media, you see, yeah, I might uh, send out a tweet talking about something in my book that I think would be helpful if people read the book. But that would be one tweet in 500, right? So, you know, uh, Gary V talks, calls it the, you know, the jab, 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 right hook, which is, hey, give content, give content, give content. And then when you ask for something, it's not a big deal. That I'm very much in agreement with Gary on that. Um, so it's okay to have a value hook now and then, but just don't make it a bunch of self-promotional stuff. You've got to give real tangible value. And if people see you as a resource, they will seek out you. Every week I get someone who says, hey, we've read Randy's book. We want to hire him to come in and speak to our team or, hey, I saw Randy's YouTube channel, I was following that, does he do personal coaching? Or, hey, does he do consulting with companies, right? I put out value and then people who uh, appreciate that value, they will find their way to you. Um, so uh, second uh, suggestion in terms of sharing your body of work, offer free workshops. Right, because if you're just starting out and nobody knows you and you haven't created a lot of value in your space, people are not going to pay you $500 to come to your workshop. They don't know you. They don't trust you. They don't know what the value is. So you might start by doing free speeches at the Kiwanis Club, at the Rotary Club, at the Chamber of Commerce, at different associations, at different trade shows. There are a bunch of people that are looking for content. And if you can put together a outline and show them what you can, where you could offer value, I promise you, you do free workshops that will turn into business. And you could do the same thing with um, online or offline, right? So don't tell me about COVID or you're in a lockdown or whatever. You could offer these on Facebook as Facebook Lives. And you could have 2,000 people from around the world watching your Facebook Live if you got the right topic. So, you know, look for the possibilities, not for the limitations. All right, third step, identify the top 100 players in your space, whatever that is. You know, so if your space is... Uh, manufacturing, you know, who are the top 100 minds in the manufacturing industry, the thought leaders, the experts, the people who write the books, the ones who give the keynote speeches at the conferences, the ones that are being interviewed in the media, who are those top 100 players? Make a list. 
All right, after you've identified that, the fourth step or suggestion or possibility is DM or email those top 100 people offering tangible value to them for free. I'm not saying DM them and try to pitch them. I'm saying DM them and offer tangible value. This is the difference when I say it's a bad premise to say, hey, I want to move to New York City and study at your feet and follow you around all day, every day. Nobody wants a lap dog following them around all day, every day. Or if they do, that's not the kind of person you want to learn from, right? Um, but if you offer tangible value, that will make you, you will get on their radar. You will start to be known as someone who has value. And then it will turn into something positive. So if you, and you say, well, how do I get their DMs? How do I get their emails? Answer is, there's always a way. If you're serious, I mean, I get emails from people I have never met who I, and I have a very private email, which I share virtually nowhere. And if somebody puts me on a, you know, CC chain with 18 other people, I've got to change my email because I keep it religiously private because private, I'm one of those zero email guys. When I go to bed every night, when I turn off my computer every night, my inbox is empty. I answer every email every day. I'm not one of these people have 1,500 emails in my box to follow up. I'm productive. I get shit done, okay? So one of the ways I do that is I keep my email private. And I tell people, do not share this. Do not put me on CC lists or things like that. Um, but you know what? I still get at least three emails a day of people who just try a hundred different possibilities with my name at different domains and my initials and my whatever, and they find me, right? And there's a lot of people that um, are on Instagram or Twitter and they read DMs, right? Even though they get 30 a day. Like if, if you take podcasts, right? I get a lot of podcast requests to be on people's shows. And I turned down 80% of them, right? And there's like 19% um, of them that I jump at the opportunity because I say, that's a perfect podcast for me. I love the topic. I love the audience. This is an audience gonna love me and love my work. This would be great exposure for me. And then, there's one percent that I know I will be the most famous person they have ever had on their podcast. I have more followers than anyone they have ever interviewed in their life. They're desperate to get me on their podcast because they're hoping I will share it with my tribe and that's going to get them a bunch of new listeners for their podcast. And I know all of that going in. And I still say yes. Why do I say yes? Because I like their energy. I like that they are embracing the grind, the hustle, that they're hungry. I remember when I was in that space. I remember when people gave me a break when I was starting out. <laughs> So <clears throat> I love to give a break to other people starting out. And you know what? There are people a hundred times more famous than me, a thousand times more famous than me, and a million times more famous than me. And they do the same thing. This is why you will see some of the biggest names in our culture appearing on YouTube channels that have 27 subscribers and podcasts that had 47 listeners in the last six months because they, they 
said, I like this guy. I like this gal. I like what she's doing. God, I remember when I had that energy when I was saying, right? But you're going to, that's why I say DM or email those top 100 players in your space. Because most of them are going to ignore you. Most of them will never see your message. And that's okay. But this is what you do if you, you get your name out there and you think. And then here's the other part of that I will modify this number four thing with is sometimes don't just offer to give value, but just provide value, right? You send them a DM and you say, hey, I noticed that your podcasts don't have transcriptions. Well, I found your, I looked at which were your top 10 shows and I transcribed all of them. And just give me the email of somebody in your organization and I'll be happy to send you the Google Doc with the translation so you can put it up. I've had people DM me or email me and say, hey, I, I love your you know, top 10 quotes on prosperity. So I made slides of them that you could share on social media. And I ended up hiring those people to do projects for me because they sent me something of, of tangible value without me even knowing them, without me asking them, without any asking anything in return that is, hey, I love your work. I appreciate what you did. So I did this and they sent it to me. So think about that with those hundred people. Number six, you move to the step where you offer resources for money, right? So now you take your uh, top 15 best practices on um, opening a vinyl record store and you make it into a PDF uh, or an ebook and you sell it for $17 or $27 or $77 or $477. You get there, right? Because now you've seen, hey, I've been providing value. I've been giving this away for free. People have been getting results with it. It's time I can start to monetize it. So you start to create resources. It could be audio, it could be video, could be PDS. And then number seven, I would say is just taking that to the next level is offer paid services. So you might you like ready. Okay, now it's time to offer paid consulting services. Or now it's time to offer paid coaching services. So now you let people know, hey, I'm available as a coach. It costs uh, $75 a session. Here's the sign up page. Or yes, I do consulting services. It's $150 an hour, and here's how you buy it. And you 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 uh, put out to the world that you have demonstrated your ability to solve problems, add value, and envision possibilities, and you now offer that as products and services that they joyfully, lovingly, gratefully send you money to receive. All right, that's my suggestion for you on how you turn <laughs> hungry hustle into dinero delicioso. All right, if you want to support this prosperity ministry, please go to randygage.com forward slash go. Somebody type that in the comments, please. Somebody watching the YouTube replay, type that in the comments, please randygage.com forward slash go and make whatever love offering you want to make to support the work. And then I'm asking you to share the show, the podcast, the YouTube channel. When I do these, you let your friends know about it. Okay, the next broadcast, I don't know when it's going to be. Uh, at the moment, the universe is showering me with prosperity. Uh, I'm just 
I don't know. I have live events coming up on four different continents. All of a sudden, people are willing to go to meeting rooms again. I just booked a thing yesterday for a live stream that will be in Australia for October. Uh, and I'm doing some monster consulting projects that are really a lot of fun um, uh, and a lot of work. So I'm really, really busy. I don't know when I'm going to schedule the next of this. And I'm going to go by your response. You guys show me you value this and you're sharing it and sharing the replay. And just so you know, um, my producer on the podcast um, had COVID. Uh, he was really bad case in the hospital with pneumonia. Um, Josh is his name and he's out now and he's better. But that's why there was like 10 days where we didn't have a podcast up. If you're wondering, that's why. Uh, and we're moving back to the Anchor platform will be the main hosting platform for that. We'll still be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and those, but we're moving the actual host. So this replay might not be up on Monday. It might take until Tuesday, depending, because there's a, a couple of days when you switch platforms for it to get to the new platform. Uh, so just know that, but just search your whatever platform you use to getting them in. Um, and then same thing, the, the YouTube show should be up Monday. The podcast will be up Monday and Tuesday. And if you want to always know when the next Prosperity live stream is, um, subscribe to my email newsletter at randygage.com. Go to the top right corner, says Gage on Prosperity newsletter. It's free. And then you'll always get an email whenever there's going to be a prosperity live stream. So thank you all for watching. Peace, love, and unicorns from Miami. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power of Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.